Welcome back to World on Drugs, everybody. I am your host, Steve Fury, and we got another banger coming up right now. In this show, we try to show you the highs and the lows of good and bad times. The story on drugs and crime from a different perspective. Why? Because when I was a kid, I liked the bad guys. Scars on your face are cooler than a fucking hat, dude. White hats are whack. Black hats are tight. Uh, this episode is really great. I want to give a shout out to my guy, Dr. Joe Hoffswell, the leader of my research team. If you guys want to follow him, follow him on Instagram. We'll put up his plug later. He crushed it again this week. Uh, make sure you follow us and check us out on anytime you're anywhere you get a Spotify or you know anywhere you can listen to a podcast or check out the YouTube page because I've got some videos on there and... What we just did right now is now I got my giant TV that I got, and I loaded up some stuff so you can see what these people look like. I got uh, Say Choi Lop right now on the screen. We got the Lebanese guys coming on, so make sure you check that out. As always, if you have any questions or problems with the podcast, send them to worldondrugswsf at gmail.com. We'll try to answer them or just try and do it better, you know, try and get better every time we do this. Uh, we, we got something really special, honestly, and, uh, I can't believe we got it this soon. We got a first sponsor. I'm um, not trying to brag, but this shit's already popping. Uh, we have Winston cigarettes and I think you guys will find their spokesperson pretty familiar. So sit back, pop a brew, smoke a joint, do what you gotta do to get right. And let's see what journey we go on today. Right after these messages. work hard, don't they, Barney? Yeah. I hate to see them work so hard. Yeah, me too. Um, let's go around back where we can't see them. Gee, we ought to do something, Fred. Okay. How's about taking a nap? I, I got a better idea. Let's take a Winston break. That's it. Winston is the one filter cigarette that delivers flavor 20 times a pack. Winston's got that filter flavor. Yeah, Fred. Filter blend makes the big taste difference, and only Winston has it up front where it counts. Here, ahead of the pure white filter, Winston packs rich tobaccos specially selected and specially processed for good flavor in filter smoking. Yeah, Barney, Winston tastes good like a cigarette chug. The Flintstone has been brought to you by Winston. America's best-selling, best-tasting filter cigarette. It tastes good like a cigarette should. And we're back. Wow. Thank you, Winston Cigarettes, for giving us that beauty. I've never been more thirsty for a cigarette, you know? Just makes me want to do it. Makes me want to feel like I'm a little kid pushing cigarettes. <laughs> In commercials. This week, guys, we got Say Chi Lop. Yeah, bet you never heard of him. It's spelled T-S-E-C-H-I-L-O-P. Say, chi, lop. And the only reason this guy has even come to notoriety was in the last two years due to an investigation by Reuters. Uh, we're going to see in this bad boy, this man stays under the radar. Okay? No one had really heard of him until some of this stuff. And honestly, kind of hard to find out information. Uh, this guy didn't really fuck around like Daewoo did in the last episode where he put his business out there. This guy stayed pretty incognito, so we did the best we could. Dr. Joe Hofswell crushed it, you know, but we're just going to see what happens here, right? 
one thing I would lead you to and why we did this guy is because the UN's crime and drug section uh, theorizes that he makes 50 to 70 percent of the world's methamphetamines. Yeah, this guy, more and more you're going to read about him, more and more you're going to see about him, reminds me, reminds Joe as well, as Gus Fring from Breaking Bad mixed with Walter Wright, mixed with some old Chinese guy. So let's get back to what we're going. So Reuters reached out to the Australian federal police investigators as well as police across the South Pacific when doing research for the exponential growth of synthetic drug sales in China, Taiwan, Thailand, Japan, Australia, New Zealand, South Korea, Vietnam, Laos, and Myanmar. The reporters were introduced to Sei Chi Lop as the El Chapo Pablo Escobar of Asia. Lop's drug distribution covers most of Asia and reaches as far as Eastern Europe and the United States. I mean, this dude's got to be pretty pissed, right? He's been staying under incognito, been doing his own thing in these different countries, and some fucking newspaper comes out of nowhere and does a huge, huge thing on him. I feel like he was just chilling, opened the picture, paper, saw his face. Uh, if you don't aren't looking on YouTube, which you should, uh, this guy looks just like... Just like a normal Chinese dad. He's got a little bit longer hair. It doesn't seem that old. I mean, the guy, you would never have looked at him twice. And he doesn't do gaudy stuff. He doesn't, like, ball out every kind. of just stays incognito, which has allowed him to do his thing for so long. Little is known about Sei Chi Lop's early life. Even his birthday is unknown. All that is known is that he would be born between around 1963, so he's either about 57 or 58. Now, if I asked him, I bet he'd probably say 57, or he'd be like, hey, just call me, you know, let's just say, let's go for an even 42. We don't have to add any years on there. Sei does have a wife and at least one child. When communist China came into power and began relentlessly murdering drug distributors and drug dealers, Sei Chi Lop immigrated to Canada as a Chinese refugee in 1988. I love that, you know. Most people would have been like, you know, maybe I'll stop selling drugs. Fuck that. Say's like, let's go to Canada, you know. I love how Canada's everyone in the world's backup backup plan, right? In America, shit gets too bad. You need health care. You don't want to get drafted. Canada. China, they're cutting off people's heads, not letting people have kids. Canada. Canada's... I feel like Canada's like that one, you know, that one like girlfriend or boyfriend you had in your 20s and 18, you know, and you both were like, hey, if we don't get married by 35, we'll marry each other. Except it's if we get caught murdering anyone, we'll just run to Canada. Shit, I might slide into Canada's DMs. California and L.A. are not looking good. Canada over there looking like a big old gorgeous second option with them big ass big-ass mountains and, and cold-ass plains. No, I'm good, Canada. He came over with members of the Big Circle Boys, a Chinese triad group that was based out of Hong Kong. This group is pretty badass. Uh, if you can see some of the pictures behind me here, they don't fuck around. They don't look like, uh, they don't really look like Sei Chi Lop. You know, these guys kind of look like what you would expect a gangster to look like. Crazy tattoos, robbing people. Sei looks like Honestly, looks like a fucking Uber driver. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't know if that's racist. I don't think so. It's just a job that a man who looks forgettable would look like he'd do. No offense to you if you are an Uber driver. 
As a member of the Big Circle Boys in Canada, Seichi Lop established himself as a mid-rank smuggler. He started working with the Rizzuto family, a Sicilian mob family based out of Montreal. The Rizzuto family co- controls most of the drug trafficking for eastern Canada, and they were created by Sicilian immigrants coming over from Italy. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I didn't think Canada had any real gangs. Maybe, you know, maybe like some flannel-clad lumberjack selling maple syrup by the dime bag. Sure, I could see that. Maybe dirty uh, horse cops, you know, stealing and redistributing uh, ketchup-flavored chips. Maybe. Um, Maybe roaming gangs of moose just coming into towns, tearing them up. But no, these guys were Chinese gangs, and they're with the fucking... Mafia. I wonder if the I wonder if the Canadian mafia is more Canadian or more Italian. You know, they're just like, hey there, brother. Uh, welcome to the Costa Nostra. You know, it's a family. Uh, we uh, there's no such thing as good money or bad money, just money. You know, and sometimes you know you gotta kill somebody to make a point. Yeah, yeah, this is what I like to do before I uh, do drug trafficking. What I like to do is put on a little rush, um, take a big cup of maple syrup. My dad always told you nothing gets you better for bank robbery than the bare naked ladies and some Brian Adams. You know, get the blood going. Chickity China, a Chinese chicken. I just robbed your bank. What was I thinking? Okay, that's, guys, listen, I'm not a talented man. I'm not a smart man, and I'm not good with accents, but you're just going to get that, okay? This is a Say Chi Lop episode. I'm running with not much material, which gets us to our next sponsor, baby. What? Two in one episode? There's going to be more. I'm so blessed to have these wonderful companies already believing us. So sit back and enjoy this commercial from Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. Japan road rickshaws everywhere but when the kids sat down to eat they sure did miss their favorite treat kool-aid kool-aid tastes great wish we had some can't wait a story man who heard the kids then clapped his hands and said hi kool-aid keeps me very wise stand by please for a big surprise kool-aid kool-aid so great once you try this no can wait Honorable Kool-Aid, the most refreshing, much loved by whole family. Father, mother, Japanese boy, Japanese girl, a package makes two full quarts. Cost only 20 yen, just five cents, with rubbed of ice, so nice. The Kool-Aid kids are off again to visit other lands. Be sure to join them when they do. Join them in some Kool-Aid too. Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid, so great. Once you try this, no can wait. Wow, nothing gets me more thirsty than an old racist Japanese cartoon. My favorite, my thing too in, in like these old Japanese cartoons, why did it have to be a white guy doing a Japanese voice? Just get a Japanese guy who doesn't speak great English. And then you don't really get in trouble. Come on, guys. Think of racist stuff on another level. But it's the 60s, you know. People say that was the best time to be alive. I don't know. I don't know. Say had a good run as a smuggler and continued to work his way up as he smuggled heroin between Canada, Hong Kong, and America. In 1998, he was busted for conspiracy to traffic heroin and was charged in the Eastern District Court of New York. 
He originally received a harsh sentence, but in 2000, his lawyer petitioned on his behalf to reduce his sentence due to his need to take care of his elderly sons, his dad has a lung disorder, and to relieve the stress of his wife as well, because apparently they say said his son was sick. So he's going, this is, this is, I mean, I didn't know. To me, this sounds like some white privilege shit, but maybe this can be any privilege shit. So he goes, his lawyer goes to the judge and says that Satan needs to be let out from heroin trafficking charges to take care of his sick parents and is also a sick wife and also sick kids. And this is the best one. He goes, I promise I'll go straight. And you know what? I'm going to open up a restaurant if you grant me early release. And the judge reduced his sentence to nine years. And then he gets out early. Is that a thing? Can you just fucking say you're going to open a restaurant and you get out of jail? Do we need these restaurants? What kind of restaurant is Seiji Lap opening? It's going to be Chinese. Chinese fusion. He's like, yeah, I wanted to, you know, put both cultures that I have, uh, Chinese and Canadian, together. So instead of soy sauce, you'll be dipping uh, your Kung Pao into maple syrup. That's all I know about Canada. It's maple syrup and weird ketchup chips. And I don't think I need no more. I love you, Canada. I mean, I think. I don't know. I haven't been there. You guys don't let in people who have DUIs, which I think is weird. Not very party of you, bro. What was restaurant? He's like, hey, welcome to Spoons, uh, where we give your food on a spoon and you heat it up with a lighter. Don't mind my dying father or my dying son in the back. They're going to be your bartender. Now, would you like your drink in a cup or a syringe? Hey, say chilap. I used to deal heroin, and now I sell Chinese food. What? With my dying family, too? I love that, too. He's like, listen, everyone in my family's dying. I need to go take care of them. So what I'm going to do is open a restaurant, which is one of the hardest things you to do, you can do, and take up the most time. Cool. Is that good, Judge? Is that good? And it was New York. It was if I could I could see a Canadian guy. I could see a Canadian judge falling for this, you know. You know. He's just all hopped up on Labatt's blue. While in prison in Ohio, he met Lee Chung Chak, another Chinese Canadian national that had been sent to prison for drug trafficking as well. This meeting would begin the formation of the crime syndicate known as Sam Gore. A.K.A. Brother Number 3, A.K.A. The Company. First off, loved how they didn't come up with just one name. They're like, let's go with three. Whatever one catches, we'll use that one. Maybe put it on our Instagram and see what our followers have to say. We're not going to force anything, man. This is Sam Gore, A.K.A. Brother Number 3, A.K.A. The Company. We're doing it different. We're making restaurants. No, I don't know why they named it Sam Gore. But I'm going to tell you, this meeting between Lee Chung Chak... L-E-E-C-H-U-N-G-C-H-A-K would change the fucking world forever. I mean, this is the reason I'm doing this podcast because like, why are we only here about Pablo Escobar, the Cali Cartel, all this kind of shit when there's other people doing buck wild shit? I feel like prison is just like an unpaid internship for criminals, you know? It's like right when your business starts going, getting started, you know, you're selling a little bit of drugs. That's college, you know, going good, having fun. Then you go to prison, unpaid inter- internship, and then you come out with new connections, new friends, and new business models, and it changes everything. Didn't, 
I tell you what, I bet you everyone in that prison, when they saw these two old Chinese Canadians conspiring in the corner, no one was like, we should keep our eye on those guys. You know, they're probably like, if I got to take a test, I'll probably cheat off them. Wow, that's... I cheated off a lot of Asian kids, and I don't know what you want me to say about that. I did. It's just a fact. Sam Gore is a coalition of mafias and triads across the southeast. The triads of 14K, Wu Xing Wu, Sen Yi On, Big Circle Gang, good to see you guys come back, missed you, and the Bamboo Union Mafia agree to combine their efforts in synthetic drug creation and to end much of the violence that is happening between the groups. Sai Chi Lop was scheduled to be released in 2008, but was released in 2006. You know, he had to go get in that restaurant game. This is the thing, man, about Sai. Not a lot of information about the guy, but he's calculated. He's smart. He saw this synthetic thing about to get popping, and he saw where he was going to do it and how he was going to do it and the way he was going to go about doing it different than anyone had ever done it before. Cha-ching, baby! You guessed it. Another time for another advertisement. This one from my favorite deodorant brand, Fresh. I love to say fresh. You should, too. Check out this advertisement. I bought the fresh stick, just as you told me. You're absolutely right. It's neat and quick, and it goes on dry. It did make me feel cool and sweet, just as you said. I did everything you said, but my boss still hasn't asked me to lunch. Unlike some deodorants, Fresh doesn't guarantee you'll get ahead in business. All Fresh does is keep you fresh. When you think of it, that's quite a lot. Who knew all I needed to get a farther in life was to put on deodorant and bang my boss? Thanks, Fresh. Love your message, brother. Here's a little info on Sam Gore, just kind of keep you catched up in case you forgot. Sam Gore is known to work with the Yakuza in Japan, the Comanchero Motorcycle Club, and the Lebanese Mafia in Australia. Um, I've already decided we're going to—oh, these are Lebanese guys right behind me. We're going to start going to Lebanese Mafia uh, later on these podcasts. Uh, these guys are great. So the Comanchero Motorcycle Club and the Lebanese Mafia are both based in Australia. I know what you're thinking. You never thought about them. You never thought about motorcycle gangs in Australia. And it turns out you should have. Because these motherfuckers are badass. This Lebanese mafia, what I was reading on these guys, I mean, number one, they're one of the funniest looking mafia guys in the world. Just because, like, you know, if you think of the Hells Angels, they have these grungy, gross kind of guys. Yeah, that's not these guys. These guys are like, if you live in L.A. and you've seen, like, the Persian people around, they're just, what I'm trying to say is they do their eyebrows. Imagine, imagine roaming gangs of motorcycle-bound psychos with perfectly... Sculpted eyebrows. It's a beautiful world. United Nations Office of Drug and Crime estimates that Sam Gore slash brother number three is responsible for anywhere between 40 to 70% of the meth market in the world. There's some meth behind me. This is lining up perfectly. That is crazy. And that's, that's pretty much why I did this. I looked this guy up. I saw they did that. And we threw it up there. Little did I know, uh, hard to find information on this guy because he fucking stays incognito. 14 of the 19 leaders are Canadian citizens, and the rest come from Hong Kong, Macau, Taiwan, Malaysia, Myanmar, Vietnam, and mainland China. So, you know, a little bit of a trend with these fellas. A little on the Asian side, but good to see they're all coming together. You know, a lot of times you, you hear about these different countries fighting, but a lot of times in crime, people come together. 
The period after prison, there is little known about Sei Chilop's activities, but it is generally thought that he went back to China and immediately went back to smuggling. Uh, he was supposed to be closely monitored in Montreal upon his release, but he returned to Hong Kong only a few months later after being released from prison. And Sei Chilop uh, never opened that restaurant. And if he did, I would be going there. You're goddamn right. Dude, if I could go there and get some, like, war wonton soup and a bag of heroin, I mean, what more do you need in life? What more do you need in life than war wonton soup and a little bit of heroin? I mean, who saw that coming, though? You know, I guess no. I, I mean, I. how did he get out of here? How did he not? How, no one noticed him leaving? But that's his thing. That's what I keep learning throughout this whole thing is that he's fucking incognito. You know, when you see pictures of him right, right behind me or you see other pictures, he's just like a dude that you would miss. And he also probably has a couple boats and stuff that he went back to China with. And also, you know, he, he still has a Chinese national. Uh, he's still a Chinese citizen and can Canadian citizen. From what I'm seeing is China... I think this guy made so much money that they kind of just started fucking with him heavy and didn't really go after him that much. I wonder if the judge ever tried to go to his restaurant. He's like, hey, guys, I'm going to take you just real special place. This one guy, just a normal little Chinese dude, had to take care of his family, and he wanted to open a restaurant. So I'm going to go. We're going to support it, guys. Um, and it's not real. You fucking idiot. Seichi Lop had dealt with heroin prior to Sam Gore and had some experience with synthetic drugs. But Say saw an opportunity in the synthetic drug market. The explosion of the economy in the Pearl River Delta region of China provided ample opportunity to gather supplies for drug manufacturing. Pretty much this area, you'll see it on, if you go to the YouTube, you'll see it behind me. Um, he was able to steal shit and not get caught. And I don't really understand that because what I'm kind of thinking is that the government kind of let him do that and maybe kick back something. Through Sam Gore, Sei Chilop established smuggling and obtained large amounts of various chemical co compounds such as caffeine, epinephrine, pseudoephedrine, and sodium hydroxide. These components in large amounts allowed Sam Gore to establish super labs in the Shan state of Myanmar. Um, so this is what he's... Well, I'll talk more about it in a sec, but he starts setting up in the Golden Triangle, which is part of Myanmar. The Golden Triangle is an area that borders Thailand, Laos, Myanmar... And comes at the confluence of the Ruak and Mekong rivers. So this is a great place that's in the jungle. Uh, governments aren't really fucking with him much there. And he has rivers that he can start shipping things out. Because as we're going to talk about, my man moves up quickly and starts needing ships to get his meth all over the world. The Golden Triangle is a name given by the CIA. The Golden Triangle uh, has continuously been the second largest producer of opium worldwide behind Afghanistan. But they just jumped up and became the number one synthetic drug maker in the world. Thanks to Sei Chilop's leadership and Sam Gore, the Gordon Triangle has shifted to synthetic drug production focused on Yaba and crystal meth. Um, I think I'm going to talk about Yaba later, but I'll just give a little thing right now. Pretty much kind of like Adderall. I'm going to be honest with you. It's like if a dude made Adderall. It's, uh, it's, um, it's caffeine and some meth in a pill it looks like an old school kind of like fizz pill just like with a little 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 design on it and it's mainly used by like truck drivers and shit but we'll learn about that later in 2018 one of the super facilities in the golden triangle was raided and 200,000 liters of chemical components 
10,000 calorie or kilos of caffeine and 73,000 kilos of sodium hydroxide were found in seas. Chinese nationals tend to run and operate most of these super plants. And these things are fucking big. And they're, it's, they're not hiding it. And you're like, well, why aren't people coming after them? Well, we're learning a little bit why. Because this kind of golden triangle, all the governments have just kind of just let it go. And it kind of seems like maybe the people are getting a kickback from it. Wouldn't doubt it. Uh, a lot of, we'll, as we've learned in Daewoo, and we'll learn, keep learning, a lot of these countries that are poor kind of get infiltrated by these drug dealers and... They start running, helping run the government. So Chinese nationals tend to run and operate the super plants. This is a funny one. Those who worked for the Sam Gore plants, Sam Gore plants, were well known because they smelled like shit. They were around these drugs, cooking the chemicals so much that the skin would never leave their body. So like. I don't know, man. How much would you have to get paid to smell like shit all the time? Probably not that much. I don't really care. I'll smell like shit. I probably already do smell like shit. No, smelling's like my favorite thing to do. I love cologne. I love not smelling like shit. And it's also the, a lot of these guys started getting sores. But the money was good. Um, the meth lab managers and chem chemists normally come from Taiwan. So the guys at the top are Chinese. The guys in the middle are from Taiwan. And many of the couriers and boat crews who smuggle the drugs are also Taiwanese. The super labs in the Shan state produce pure crystal meth, some of the best in the entire world. Like that Heisenberg stuff. We'll learn a little bit more about that later. And the reason Sam Gore is really able to just keep crushing it in the drug tape is the way they approach things is completely different than any other drug trade that's ever been. Mainly... They can zig and zag whenever the government tries to go on there. This is one of my favorite ones. Uh, so when one of their drug ships start get, started getting caught, they switched to shipping containers. You know, a lot of people do that for human trafficking, drugs, anything like that. This one's my favorite, though. When Thailand stopped meth from being transported by truck, Samgar hired Laotians to navigate narrow jungle paths carrying 30 kilos at a time in a backpack. I mean, that's impressive. 30 keys is a lot, too. I mean, there's probably not a better drug to go to the jungle with than meth, right? You're like, ah, oh, it's going to take me like a day to get there, do a bump. I'm already there. I ran there in two seconds. Push through time. And with all this meth, you know, there's a lot of meth heads in the jungles. Meth Head in the Jungle does sound like a great band name or a TV show I'd love to watch. This week on TLC's Meth Heads in the Jungle, Toothless Dro tries to smoke a coconut and sunken-eyed Tammy tries to sell her pussy to a monkey. Right after Gold Hunters, only on TLC, the learning channel. Yeah, this Golden Triangle is pretty fucked up area right now. It's mainly because of him, but it's better than it used to be because we'll see how it used to be why the government's not going there, why they're not fucking with him is because they're just telling everybody to chill out. And if you guys just chill out, we won't mess you. But guess what, guys? It's that time again. Now, this isn't necessarily an ad. This is more something I believe in. You know, it's a cause I believe in. So I'm going to throw it to Barbara Streisand. And see what she has to say about it. People, people who need people, all the luckiest people in the world. That was a lucky song. 
strong for me. But it made me think, what about people who aren't so lucky, like the thousands and thousands of children who are born each year mentally retarded? They're often quite helpless. But with help, wonderful things can happen, like a little retarded boy putting on his own hat and coat for the first time, all by himself. Or maybe a teenager will learn how to work at a job and feel useful, needed, self-supporting. The retarded are people who need people. They can be helped. Won't you support the work of your local unit of the National Association for Retarded Children? Thank you. Don't that just make you want to give your all your money to the foundation for the... I'm not going to say that word. I think she said it already. Very full... <laughs> I mean, talk about an L, Barbara. That one doesn't look good on the resume. The Shan State was utilized because it was governed by a rebel militia that had ceasefire arrangement with the Myanmar government. Basically, the Myanmar government left them alone to govern themselves as long as they didn't try to organize any attacks against Myanmar or start a coup, which is hilarious. This, is, I feel like, is the same thing bad parents do. You know, they're like, hey, listen, Myanmar, I'm going to leave you for the night to go to the bar with some of my friends as long as you don't fight any of your brothers. I'm going to leave a bit of pizza money. And I swear to God, Myanmar, if you try to have a fucking coup, I will come back here and you will be grounded for so much. I mean, here's also, if you ever want your uh, kid or country to start selling or manufacturing drugs, leave them alone and say, just don't make a fuss. That normally comes from this. But, you know, of the research I was doing, what was going on in Myanmar and stuff before was a lot worse i mean there's a lot worse war crimes and shit going on so now i mean is it worse that they're funding meth for most of the whole world or that a bunch of people aren't dying there i don't know man so that's why these super labs are able to happen in myanmar right these super labs are used to produce crystal meth ketamine mdma and yaba first off ketamine love it would suggest you taking it MDMA, one of my favorite things in the world. Crystal meth, I could go without that. I don't think we need that. Probably not. And Yaba. Now, if you don't know what Yaba is, Yaba is the best seller Sam Gore has, which blows me the fuck away. Uh, because it is a cheap pill that has a combination of meth and caffeine. So essentially, it's Adderall. It's the same thing as Adderall. So, I don't know. It's largely sold to long-haul truckers who drive across the region, region, as well as traditional businessmen and women who just think they can be more effective at work. So, once again, Adderall. Yaba is used to enhance their ability to focus and keep them awake for hours. Adderall. Say Chi Lop is a true revolutionary of the drug trade. In fact, law enforcement officials speculate that the infrastructure and production efficiency created by Sam Gore rivals that of Apple. See Chi Lop is a meth Steve Jobs, which, you know, would be fun to see. wonder what he'd create. He's like the new I crack pipe not only can you smoke crack but it also counts your steps he's also kind of like a real like Gus Fring like I was talking about and a Walter White uh, because he only makes himself available to the upper echelons of Sam Gore and those who are quickly rising through the ranks as I said that's why he's hard to get info Daywood Ibrahim Kaskar on the last episode that guy was in your face robbing gold stores or anything this guy is set back and there's also another way he's just like Gus Fring. So he's never seen at the production facilities and appears to be normal in his few public appearances that he has made. But 
Just like how the blue meth in Breaking Bad was stored in chicken batter, Sam Gore uses crystal meth shipped in tea packets. Nice. I mean, I I, I got to say a terrible job would be putting meth into tiny tea packets. But, I mean, imagine getting that tea packet by mistake. Hey, hey, this tea tastes like gasoline, and I'm going to run to the moon. I'm going to masturbate for 12 hours and dance, and dance like this oolong tea has never seen before. I will suck your dick for more tea. To get a sense of the production level, Sam Gore was able to afford an industrial tanker ship and use it to ship their product across the South Pacific. This ship would be used to meet in international waters with their affiliates in various cities and countries, and then the affiliates would take a small fishing boat out to meet them and pick up their shipment. I know what you're thinking. Steve, so could I just get in a fishing boat and go up to this place and get some meth tea? No, because to avoid being busted... This is the funniest thing he's done because he's so futuristic. Except this. I got cat hair all over my fucking face. What he does is he gives a half a Hong Kong dollar bill to one of the shipping to the freighter. And then he gives the other half to the little fishing boat. And so they have to match up the dollars to get the shipment. That's pretty good. I'm going to be honest, though. I would bet you. $50,000, I would lose that dollar bill. I've lost the other shoe before. Like, I had a pair of shoes, and one of them was gone forever. So it's like, was I walking home with one shoe? I don't know. But I definitely can tell you I wouldn't be keeping a half a dollar on a fishing boat meeting a fucking freighter. Sam Gore was able to afford ridiculous items like shipping takers because of how Seichi revolutionized the business. With it being easy to steal supplies from pharmaceutical, chemical, and paint companies throughout the River Delta economic zones and the construction super labs in the Shan State, Sam Gore could produce a kilo of meth for $1,800. So you're like, okay, that sounds like a lot. No, it's not. Because uh, this kilo retails for 70 k in Thailand. You can see the map back there. Everything's pretty fucking close. 300k in Australia and 600 in Japan. And the crazy thing is you're going to see how this has allowed him to revolutionize his drug distribution. Why getting his kilo his kilos of meth and making them for so cheap has allowed him Oh, you're going to see. I'm so excited for for you to see it. Due to the low price and extent of Sam Gore's drug trade, Sai Chi Lop offers a guarantee. If your drugs are confiscated by the police, you will receive replacement drugs free of charge. And if the second delivery isn't possible, you will be refunded your money. This puts Sai Chi Lop as the Jeff Bezos level of innovation with the drug market he's been giving. In recent years, it's estimated that Sam Gore slash brother number three has been averaging about $17 billion a year in revenue. Wow. Customer satisfaction guarantee. That's better than anything I've ever gotten off Wish.com. Wish.com, half the time, I don't even know what I just ordered. And I have no idea. I would get it in six months. Wish.com needs to hook up with Sam Gore, and they need to start, and they need to start working together because I'm tired of it. 
I mean, the guarantee, I mean, and the reason he's able to give you your money back and do all this shit is because he's making a kilo of meth for $1,800 and he's selling it for 600000 You know what that did? That gave me a little itching. A little itching for some tobacco, which leads us to a new message from one of my favorite chewing tobaccos, Bull in the Woods. Listen to this. This is the story of the little bull who wanted to sing, but sing in a special way. His ambition was to sing in the Bull of the Woods Quartet. Rich and mild. No, no. You must sing deeper. Rich and mild. You see, Bull of the Woods chewing tobacco is rich. It's mild, too. And your voice must express that mildness. Rich and mild. Deeper. Rich and mild. Fuller. And so the little bull worked and sang and kept singing. His voice got richer and fuller and sweet as Bull of the Woods chewing tobacco until that great day when he got his wish. Bull of the Woods chewing tobacco. Bull of the Woods chewing tobacco. Bull of the Woods. It's the fact, sir. Lovely filler can't be beat. Rich and mild chewing tobacco. Man, it's good chewing tobacco. Bull of the Woods chewing tobacco. Smooth and tasty chewing treat. Ah, he's the boss. Throat, throat cancer never sounded so good, right? Oh, if you have a weird, weird, whiny voice, just chew tobacco and let the cancer work in your throat and lower your voice because I would rather have throat cancer than a high-pitched voice and I couldn't sing in a quartet. 50s were fucking weird, man. I don't want to sing in a quartet. I don't want to chew tobacco. Unfortunately for Say Chi Lop, even though he looks like the typical Chinese family man, he had an affection for staying at five-star hotels, resorts, and gambling with large sums of money. I know what you're thinking. What's large sums of money? Well, we'll tell you, buddy. He once spent an entire month at a Thai resort flying in family, friends, and associates to have meetings with possible poolside in shorts and a t-shirt. That's fine. He was known around the region's casinos as being a high roller. In one evening, he lost... 66 million dollars how do you get that to someone is it a check do I wire it 66 dude if I lose 66 dollars at a poker table I'm losing my mind but I'm not trying to be racist but this does sound like every Chinese person I've ever seen at a casino right they're always like in sweats and a dirty T-shirt at the 21 table, and they have like 40K in chips, and you're like, I don't understand what's happening. I mean, honestly, he could have legitimately been sitting next to me at any time. But we're probably playing at different tables. We're probably playing at different casinos. I would love to go to that Thai casino, right? Oh, my God, that sounds so fun. So one of the only things that really keeps Seichi Lop, uh makes some difference is he's normally traveling with... Uh, a team, he's protected by a team of Thai kickboxers. Normally about eight, and he rotates them out so they never really know what he's doing or they can't spend too much time around him. So, you know, if you ever see a small Chinese guy surrounded by a bunch of tiny, short Thai kickboxers, I want to stay out of that guy's way. Just a, just a suggestion. But, I mean, maybe I haven't seen this guy in any poker tables because I would have noticed some bunny bummy Chinese guy fleeted with eight Anderson Silvas. 
That sounds so fun to have, though. Could you imagine just walking around with a bunch of Thai kickboxers? I would work walking in the most crowded places ever and just bump into everybody. And then just see people high kicking and punching, landing. I mean, there's nothing better than watching a street fight. Two guys fight and one guy starts kicking. Because guess what? Kicking fucking hurts. And you got a lot of power. And no one ever expects it. I mean, when you watch UFC and the one guy's just kicking the shit out of the guy's front leg, the guy who's kicking the guy's front leg's probably going to win. It's like, hey, do you know where the bathroom is? Oh shit, there's no line for the for the prime rib anymore at this casino. Fuck yeah, dude. Oh, are they out of horseradish? Oh shit, my own personal tub. Oh shit, I now run this casino. Although his money has no direct ties to the drug he traffics through Sam Gore, this kind of behavior gamed him the attention of many law officials and drug enforcement agencies. So here's a here's a suggestion, you know, let's say you're an aspiring drug dealer, which you know, a lot of us are. Uh, my suggestion would be don't lose $66 million at any casino. And don't do what happens next. A series of unfortunate events that led to the recent arrest of Say Chi Lop. First, in 2013, a cell, which is like a person that they didn't want to give up their name, uh, in Australia was marked by the police, and the police intercepted every single shipment that came. Hong Kong leaders were angry because out of all the Australian distributors, only that cell kept getting busted. But the Australian Federal Police tipped off Hong Kong police to a meeting and C was identify was identified as one of the two men meeting with the Australian drug dealer. So like you know, like I've been saying, Say's kinda up with the with the government in China. That's how he's kinda never been <sighs> never been busted. And they were trying to get his back, but then the Australian Federal Police weren't fucking around and they caught him. But they didn't do anything yet, right? They kinda got it. But they now know who they need to watch. And this next one really fucked him over. Second, what happened is a Taiwanese, Taiwanese smuggler by the name of Kai Zhengzi. So C-A-I-J-E-N-G-Z-E. -E, had a penchant for taking photos and videos. It's just what he liked to do. Just like, you know, just like a snap guy. Just loved Instagram. Um, he was caught by a police. And while he was waiting for his plane, he's observed with obvious ticks and sores all over his hand. A telltale sign of being a meth handler. Uh, he had been on the radar for the, the radar of the DEA and was tipped off by Myanmar police. Like I said earlier, the guys who are working in the super labs smell like shit. They have sores all over them. And this motherfucker decided to traffic some. I mean, here's an idea. If you got sores, don't go on a plane. Can we all agree that? Keep sores off a plane. Just stop bringing sores to a plane. Kai was caught on a lucky break because Myanmar police actually lost him while he was going through the airport. But then right when he was going outside, the dude got away in an airport to me. I mean, this was 2018, I think. One of the hardest things you could do. Get away from someone in an airport. And the guy did it. As he's getting out, he's walking out of the airport, he gets caught. Kai got caught with two bags of ketamine taped to his thigh that weighed about 80 grams. That's not that much. I mean, it's a lot. It's probably $8,000 street value. Mm, yeah, $8,000 street value. And he tried to play it off as pesticides that he was transporting for a friend's father. Uh, great story. I don't know why you would need to fly pesticides out. Uh, also, why are you fingering a wound in your face, Kai? Did the pesticides do that? Maybe I'd suggest a different job. Never saw Dale Gribble have sores. Kai, answer some questions. 
The police put the squeeze on Kai and do not release him. Kai refuses to talk, but the police found very dark videos on his phone. Like I said earlier, the man loved to take videos, loved to take pictures. It's kind of believed that he was kind of like an enforcer. You know, I mean, what's what's better than an enforcer who has sores all over his face and then takes videos of shit? And then when he'd go to someone's house, he'd be like, this is the kind of shit we're doing. Show that person. Person's like, I don't want you and your icky sore hands to touch me, and I don't want what happened on that video, so I'll pay you. One video of Kai had taken shows a man strapped to a chair while he's electrocuted with a cattle prod and a blowtorch is taken to his feet. Whew. I've heard of a Thai massage being rough, but that sounds unbearable. The members in the video were from a Chinese triad. They were from Sam Gore. Okay. And it's speculated the video was shared to demonstrate what happens to those who aren't loyal. Like I said earlier. A lot of people do this, but the idea maybe is uh, don't take that phone to the fucking airport, you sore-rattled freak. Callie did not secure, Kai did not securely protect any information on either his phone, so the police gained access to countless conversations via social media, text messages, images, and videos of various drug-related activities. This dude had a lot of shit on his phone. He just recorded everything, which you're not really supposed to do, but... How do you get followers? How do you self-promote? Okay? It's not just comedians that self-promote and need to do TikToks. It's not just dancers. It's drug dealers. No, I don't know if you did TikToks, but you might have. So this is the thing that really got, uh, really started helping bring down Sam Gore, which they, I don't really think they're going to be bring down. I think uh, Say he's going to, might go to jail in Australia, but I bet he might get extradited to China and get away from everything. So the, the smuggler also had conversations with drug deals saved on his phone, and his phone had interruptions with Lee Chung Chak and Seichi Lop. So the two guys that started the thing, this guy had photos and videos of their conversations. I'm going to make a guess that this guy uh, is probably dead. I haven't looked it up, but sounds like he might fucking die. So as this is happening, uh, Kai was in the process of organizing a large meth deal that the police saw on his phone. And after his arrest, the police intercepted 622 kilos of ketamine and 1.1 tons of meth. Nine people were busted, but they're all low-level guys. Uh, that's a lot of tea packets of meth. What the fuck? 1.1 I've never even heard of that before. The major breakthrough in the beginning of the end for Seichi Lop was that Kai had a clear and identical photo of him on his cell phone. This is the first time the police are really even seeing him other than him meeting with the, uh, when the Australian federal government talked to the Chinese, or the Hong Kong government, and they saw a picture of this guy meeting with this drug dealer. They didn't really know who Say was at the time, but now they see this photo of him in this guy's shit, and they're like, okay, this guy's popping up everywhere. This guy's getting some steam. The Australian Federal Police were able to link information from Kai's phone to multiple major crystal meth busts in China, Japan, and New Zealand. This information dispelled the common rumor that had been spread that there was little organization among South Pacific drug traffickers and provided key evidence that Sam Gore existed and was controlling the synthetic drug market in the region. 
Kai's lawyers got him off on the ketamine charges, but he's still in jail waiting to face trial for drug trafficking charges. I mean, can I get these lawyers? I mean, these fucking Sam Gore lawyers. Can I get pictures of them? I'll start a restaurant. Get me off my ketamine charges. How do you get off 80 grams of ketamine in an airport? And with this phone, I'm guessing he probably started cooperating a little bit. The information from Kai's phone led authorities to deduce that most synthetic drug production was being done in the Shan state of Myanmar, which we talked about. Kai's phone also led to the bust of Australians who led authorities to say Chi Lop. This one fucking guy brought down. Nah, not brought down. These guys are same course still working. But put a dent in the infrastructure of Sam Gore just from his phone. From one guy's phone. One sore-ridden, ketamine-bagged-up guy's phone. Here's something. I'm just going to say this for anyone. If you do want to do drugs or you're going to do something like that, use the app Signal. Okay? Uh, it's... It can't be hacked in. Uh, it deletes all the information after a day and a half. And you can talk to any friend through it by using their number. And it uses a randomly generated number. This guy, fucking Kai, is talking through, like, Instagram and shit like that. And it come back to bite him in his ass. Say Chi Lops assumed he was relatively safe until Reuters published a long article about his activities in the Sam Gore Syndicate. Once his name was out in the worldwide media, he, he retreated to Taiwan and laid low. However, due to the arrest of Lee Chung Kak, his buddy... The guy he started with, the guy he started Sam Gore with, and the information that was provided to authorities, Say Chilop was arrested on January 23rd, 2021 at the Amsterdam Schiphol International Airport. This shit happened a month and a half ago. That's fucking awesome. He is currently awaiting to be extradited to Australia, where he will be charged with at least 13 instances of smuggling crystal meth into Australia. If I was him, I'd be like, listen, guys, just want to start out by saying I'm going to open 50 restaurants. I will be making the new Panda Express in Australia. Please don't take me to jail. This worked last time. I mean, if I'm going to guess... I think he's going to be fine. I think he's probably going to go to jail get a couple years, but his lawyers are sick. I don't think he's going to get in that much trouble. There's not really that much connecting him to everything other than some photos and videos. But uh, Kai, that guy's fucked. That guy's not going to make it. That's our episode, guys. Uh, thank you for checking it out. I just want to give a shout-out once again to Joe Hoswell, the head of our research team. Without him, this podcast would be nothing. If you want to follow this wonderful man, you can check him out on Instagram at Dr. Hoffswell. Um, next week, we're going to have our first guest. It's going to be my boy, Craig Conant. You may know him from his podcast, Community Service. You may know him from his multiple Laugh Factory videos that have like 20 million hits. You may know him from touring the country. You may know him from his great stand-up. Uh, me and Craig are pretty good friends, man. We ran a show at the Comedy Store called Buried. Uh, Craig's one of the best guys I know, man. Just a good dude. Tra Craig used to be a drug dealer. Um... So he knows a lot about his stuff. He's also a great laugh and a great hang. And next week, I'm not going to promise it, but I'm pretty sure we're doing an episode on Fat Tony. No, not the Simpsons character, but the guy he's based off of. 
finally going. We're going to go first time. We're going to delve into American crime syndicates. Um, and I'm excited. I'm already kind of doing a little research. I've talked to Joe a little bit. This shit sounds bomb. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe on all of our stuff, especially Spotify. That's my favorite one. And, you know, watch the videos on YouTube. I'm really trying to get better at the final cut pro stuff you know i got making little videos for the background so you can see the people that we're talking about um and that's about it guys uh the reason we did these uh little commercials was because you know we didn't really have that much about sechi lop choy lop that really hit that hard that was really for me easy to make me make drugs or jokes about so we're doing this might do a couple of these every once in a while you know because a lot of these might not be funny because a lot of these are real deal gangsters that stuff's still going on right now if i want to do old guys people that died a lot more stuff comes out about them but I, we're not doing that we're doing people that are today we want people that are controlling the drug market in the crime trade today we don't need to learn about Griselda Blanco. go watch one of her 50 fucking documentaries but i bet you ain't heard about fat tony boy i bet you ain't heard about the pink panthers can't wait guys i'm so excited thank you guys for listening share this stuff with your friends like comment on the stuff help me out this is gonna be a great podcast would be nothing without you guys see you later peace